You're tuning in to Spectre Radio. Revisiting our favorite Star Wars movie moments and debating about scenes from the shows. We're just three millennials trying to find our way through the galaxy through the eyes of the Jedi, clones, and the Sith. I'm Wyatt. I'm Andrew. My name is Alyssa, and we are Spectre Radio. Radio. Confronting spoilers is the destiny of a Jedi. Your destiny. Thank you, Force Ghost Luke Skywalker, for the spoiler warning. Again, this podcast contains adult content and spoilers. These are your final steps, Ray. Rise. Bring back the balance ray, as I did. In the night, find the light ray. Every Jedi who ever lived, lives in you. The Force surrounds you, Ray. Let it guide you. Feel the Force flowing through you, Ray. Let it lift you. Rise, Ray. We stand behind you, Ray. In the heart of a Jedi lies her strength. Ray, the Force will be with you. Always. In the middle, so you keep saying, look, I tried to live that way once, told myself the galaxy would go on with or without me. But when I saw innocence harmed, and I knew I had the power to do something about it, I couldn't just watch it all burn down around me. Some things are worth fighting for, like our podcast. Welcome back to Spectre Radio, everyone. Oh my god! As it going, you co-hosts? Do, you do a really good Canaan. That I, was a really good Canaan. That was really good. It was like straight Freddie Prince Jr. Uh, that's that's very high praise because that's I love how he delivers his lines. There, He's like good. Chef's kiss on Chef's kiss. <laughs> um, so yeah, this is our um, May the Fourth. Um, holiday podcast, but not holiday special. Um, <laughs> very important seen, distinction. Very important distinction. Right. Anyone yes. who's seen the 1978 holiday special, good lord. Um, <laughs> I think George Lucas once said if he could hunt down every copy of that and destroy it, he would. I'm pretty sure that's a direct quote. Oh um, so for this special, we are introducing each of our top five favorite heroes. Uh, throughout the franchise yeah we are so could be could be anything from a jedi to to a smuggler a bounty hunter a droid you know you never know so they're in our top fives for you know whatever reasons for because they're super cool because they they remind us of ourselves or each other or they they inspire hope or just you know any any myriad of reasons yeah so. And disclaimer, we do not know each other's. We have not read each other's <laughs> notes, so our reactions are genuine. True story. Yeah, this should be very interesting. <laughs> All right, I'm going to take it away, and we're going to start with a roundtable of our number five picks for our top five. So we're starting from the bottom up. So this was really difficult. Like, I think, Andrew, I don't know if you struggled, because every time we do a podcast, you're always like, no surprise. I have multiple favorites um, because I really struggled. Like it was really easy to like get down to a list of like 10. And then from there it got very difficult. And then Mm -hmm. ranking the five that I came up with was really hard. So I wanted to just preface that by saying this because my number five is Ahsoka Tano. Wow. And she's my number five. It was really hard to put her in my fifth spot. Like she, she had to be in it. Like she was Uh in my top five, but I moved her around a couple of times and this is where she ended. I think my ranking was really more thought around who's more powerful. Right. So I'm like, I have these five heroes, but like, which one is more powerful than the next? That's kind of how I ranked things. And I didn't go off like XP rankings on Wikipedia or anything, you know, <laughs> like, po- like the Pokemon days. Right. 
um, which would have made things probably much easier. So I used a lot of pathos in my decision making, but I think um, I have her as my number five, obviously, because she is a very powerful force wielder, um, Jedi or no Jedi. But I, think I was about to say, me... which which time period, Ahsoka, <laughs> are you referring to? Well, it's impressive considering she was never knighted, how powerful she is. Right. I don't know. I That's a really good question, Wyatt. I like really Rebels Ahsoka is my favorite, okay. but probably like in the middle towards the end, you know, when we get like the fulcrum side of her. Um, I think oh. that's kind of like my favorite version, you know what I mean? And like, you know, that fact that she was fulcrum, I think is really cool and just shows like that different side of her heroism. Mm -hmm. um, I think also like the fact that she had the strength to walk away from something that was something she loved so much and something she was so passionate about and so close to, um, how hard of a decision that must have been for her to like turn her back on the Jedi Order and go her own path. Um, and you can obviously see like that struggle with her later on, but I think that's mm -hmm. what makes her such a relatable hero is that she is relatable. She's human <laughs> for, <laughs> even though she's a Torgruda, she's relatable in, in the human ethos sense, but right. Um, yeah. What else did I have here without her star Wars may have never survived to the prequel movies. Um, at the end of the day, oh. the importance of Ahsoka Tano is that the clone wars and everything that came after wouldn't have worked without her. So I don't think rebels would have worked without her. That's kind of like the whole point. Right. Um, it's a bold statement, but I could, yeah. uh, I can agree with that to an, at least to yeah, most agreed. of an extent. Yeah. And I think what makes her so fun as a hero and as like that archetype is that she's basically Anakin adjacent. So like you're getting Anakin vibes from her, but it's like Anakin taught by Anakin instead of Anakin taught by Obi-Wan, <laughs> which is like a, maybe a degree less of chaos. And then the two of them is just always like, butting heads, but she's very stubborn, very much like that natural born leader, very level-headed, um, you know, difference between like her and Anakin and Obi-Wan. It's very all different, but, um, and then the last <laughs> almost thing almost similar say, to our dynamic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the last thing I'll say about her power in another sense, um, the fact that she had the strength physically and emotionally to confront her master and didn't change his fate, even though she was tempted to, I think speaks a lot about her. Um, and I think the fact that she tried to save him says even more about her. So sure. that's my number five. I like that one. Um, because I knew that she was going to be in your top five, I didn't put her in mine. But oh. in general, she's in my top five, maybe like top seven of like all-time favorite characters. So I can I can agree with that. She's very good at introspection, especially like the later she gets in her life. Um, so that was, that was very good. And I think especially because like she in the movie, the Clone Wars movie, she was like hated. Like nobody liked her. None of the fans liked her at all really it was bad um it was it was not like kelly marie tran bad which was sure, again sure, terribly sure. unfortunate but right. nobody liked her and then even the first few episodes of the first season but then she goes to be one of the most likable characters in the entire franchise period mm -hmm. and it voiced by the same person for the most part until we get to rosario dawson spoiler right. alert um you know that's that speaks volumes to like just how great they were at uh character building so, yeah, absolutely. All righty. So for my number five, I went with, and my top five fluctuates all the time because I've watched Star Wars so long and read mm. for so long. So, and I'm reading a lot of Legends books right now, um, or listening rather, as I do um, Audible because mm -hmm. I drive a lot. So Wedge Antilles for number <laughs> um, number five. So I knew who was going to be in yours. I knew it. Yeah, right now, right now I'm on a bit of a Budgie Antilles kick, and Brian would support me. Um, <laughs> so he goes from making one of the first jokes in Star Wars that Michael Scott would have said, that's what she said. <laughs> that quote is, look at the size of that thing. Uh, <laughs> maybe my office fans would like that. 
He goes from that to leading Rogue Squadron a hundred times against the Empire. Um, Wedge Antilles has always proven himself um, a hero. Now, my brother, like I said, knows him better than I do, but I do know that he knows exactly who he is. I forget what book it was, but he was talking to, I think, another pilot. And he's like, yeah, we're killers. And there was like, um, no, we're heroes. He goes, well, yeah, we're heroes, but what is our job? we shoot other TIE fighters and blow up other Star Destroyers, basically, is what he's saying. I don't know the direct quote, but he said, there's nothing, there's the only honorable aspect I have about my job in killing people is that I get to make some other family that I'm never going to meet in my life safe. Mm. I'm fighting, you know, other people to make some random citizen safe. So he knows exactly who he is. Without any force abilities, he is one of the better pilots in the galaxy, especially at that time. Um, he, and he's like rarely ever shown fear. Like he's going up against star destroyers, never shown fear. Mm. Um, he's a good friend to his, uh, wingmate in the legends books, whose name is Corin Horn. And he keeps his secrets. One of which is that he, as Corin trained as a Jedi at Luke's Academy, but he does, he doesn't want anyone to know that because he Ooh. like kind of walked away from that. So he doesn't tell command about that, any of that. And Corrin's other secret is that his wife's father is a smuggler and a pirate. So <laughs> oh. and, and he, he basically owns his own Star Destroyer that's basically like um, a, a bazaar where people just shop for things. Oh, my God. So he's keeping that a secret from the government, too. And he doesn't ever question his friend's decision on why he why he does that. So. So right now I'm on a little bit of a little bit of a wedge kick. A little. Uh, that's, a lot. that's what it is for me. Oh, that was like the least detail I had for um for <laughs> so okay. For these. So Oh my gosh. Wow. I mean, I I could have put money on it that he would have been at least maybe top four. But I know I'm glad he made it into your top five. My number five, Chewbacca. Oh. All right. So little facts about Chewbacca. So in France, in the original Star Wars film, his name was changed to Chick Tababa. <laughs> so his his nickname was Chico. Chico instead of Chewy. Chico. Oh my god. Because the English name was familiar to Chew and Tobacco. Hmm. Oh. So can't cool to promote, see different countries. Can't promote tobacco in France. That's, That's a good of. little factoid. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, French man um, smoking. What? Never seen that before. Never, never. In I mean, we know ever. we know Chewie as Han's sidekick, but I see him more than a sidekick. Mm. He's a pilot, mechanic, fighter, gunner. lover, gunner. He's so much more. I feel like if Han wasn't around. I mean, granted, so the, the story that we got in Solo, he probably would have still been enslaved. But if that, if that whole thing wouldn't happen, he was by himself. I felt like he would have been a general in whatever army he would have served in eventually. Probably. Mm, um, interesting. And did you know that as far as rebels go, I'm sorry, as far as clones go, he was only in one episode? Yeah. So the season three finale... He's with Ahsoka escaping the Trandoshan Fortress. Oh. <clears throat> that's that's one of the only points that we see him in clones. That's what Trandoshans do. They typically kidnap Wookiees and try and hunt them for sport. In that episode, they kidnapped young Ugh. Jedi. Man, that, that episode didn't sit well with me for some reason. Just like the sport hunting of mm-hmm. yeah. children people, and yeah. people. It didn't really sit well. Obviously, it's what happened and probably still happens to this day mm-hmm. where where we are but it still didn't sit well with me but Chewbacca yeah. definitely definitely top five for me okay moving on to numero quattro number four so I picked Bell Organa okay is Had that your some... uh, Sons of Anarchy uh, favorite right there <laughs> oh my gosh so he is a great actor to begin with yes mm-hmm. um but there's a quote that Leia talks about when she is talking about her father after he passes. He taught me so much about politics, leadership, and war. And above all, he taught me there was no price is too great to pay for our ideals. 
Bail Organa was willing to die if that meant the empire would, if that meant the empire would fall. He believed in the new republic we have been able to create, and in the promise of fair, equal government for everyone under the law. We don't see much of Bail in the movies, at least, because obviously he was on Alderaan when that got blown up. <laughs> um, but we got quite a bit of him in Rogue One, you know, being being a leader. Um, got him in clones. We got him a lot in clones, mm. which I thoroughly enjoyed. I love the actor that they picked for him for Rogue One, as I, as, as I already said. Um, I feel like he, if he would have not died... I'm not sure because I'm torn between Leia's upbringing that she she wouldn't have grown as a leader as much because her her daddy's mm-hmm. not there. Right, right. Because she she kind of had to take over what he left. It's a good point. But I mean, what one one heck of a general, one heck of a leader. Um, I just wish we had more of him. So for my number four, here we go. Um, again, my my top five fluctuates and I kind of wrote this around what I thought you guys were going to write. So that way, cause I knew we were going to have some overlap, but I, didn't I did want not, it to, I didn't want it to be shot. I just for went shot for overlap. it. So Leia Organa solo slash Skywalker. Oh, she's your number four. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm on. Uh, yeah. I'm on a Leia kick as well. Um, so I loved how they portrayed her in rebels. Like mm. you remember the princess on the fall episode? Yeah. yeah. You remember how mature she was? She's yeah. a badass. In that. She was two days younger than Ezra. That's how old they are. Luke <sighs> and Leia are. She's what? three really? days. Two, I think it's two or three days younger, because he was born on Empire Day. Oh and, right. And they're born a couple days after. Um, so she has that much maturity already over people her age. Again, because of the upbringing of her father. Um, who, again, we saw a lot in the Clone Wars, and he was known as, like, a respected senator. Like, everybody loved him. All the other senators, they would be like, oh, oh wait, is, is Bale supporting that issue? Huh, maybe I should think of it. So she yeah. had that um, on her side as well. But she's, at the first second we see her, she's strong, and she's defiant. She's defying a mass murderer, <laughs> Darth Vader, to his face. <laughs> She's defying someone who is about to and then did blow up her planet, Tarkin, um, who's one of the most powerful people in the entire empire. Yep. And like I talked, I asked my mom and her best friend a couple of years back why, you know, so many women love Leia growing up. Was it just because she was a girl? How did that work? And she's like, well, as, as much as they quote unquote rescued her, she really didn't need to be rescued. She like needed them to unlock the door and then she could have handled the rest herself which is true. And they kind of showcased it in the video game, um, the force unleashed. Um, Interesting. She gets kidnapped. Um, and then the, the main character of that um, video game goes and rescues her. And he's just like, all right, I'll take you back to my ship and I'll fly you home. She's like, fly me home. She's like, I can fly, get out of here. <laughs> so she like literally basically tells him off. She's like, yeah, thanks for saving me. But uh, I mean, I got this. So she's, she's got that sass, which is always fun. Um, she's a good general. She's a good warrior, and she's a good leader, and she's kind. And then in Legends, she has three kids, not one. Mm-hmm. Jason, Gianna, and Anakin. And they all go to Luke's um, Jedi Academy, which was much bigger than the one they had in canon. And she she holds the galaxy together when it's about to fracture again and the Empire is about to take over in Legends. Like they were literally the, the new Republic split and they were going to fight each other over like an issue that was actually fake because the empire like planted this little lie and it blew up. So mm-hmm. she held it together almost by herself. And she, she was kind to a fault. There was this um, warrior race, um, the Nogri um, Thrawn's bodyguard, um, mm-hmm. the little rook guy. Yep. So in, in that storyline, the empire had destroyed their planet, told them it was somebody else and pretended to be rebuilding it under the guise that they had to be enslaved. Mm. She basically said, Hey, this is what actually happened. And they were so grateful that a, she told them and B they were actually, the rebels were actually fixing things on their planet that they had a commando unit be her family's bodyguards for the rest of their lives. Mm. Everywhere they go, they had a bunch of little rooks 
with them. And they were one of the greatest warriors in the galaxy. So nobody was ever able to mess with them. Hmm. So, and they were aliens who barely spoke the same language and they had, their customs were ridiculously different. And she was still able to bypass all of that, get a connection, had them risk their lives, defy the empire. And it all worked out. So I have a lot of respect for her as a character. For sure. That's really interesting that Wyatt picked Bale and you picked Leia for your number fours. And she was almost my number four. It was like so difficult. And I'm like, I don't know if my order makes sense, but it makes sense to me. So (laughs) that's all that matters. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My number four is Yoda. Wow. Good choice. Um, so my first comment was battle against Dooku. Need I I say more? (laughs) Mm. Oh, that was so good. So good. I seeing that in theaters was fantastic. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Um, just like seeing how big his heart is during order 66 and that it Mm. literally just, you can sense how strong his connection to the force is. Yeah. He Um, literally falls over. mm -hmm. Exactly. Um, Obviously, I talked about I love his leadership styles. I love his teaching styles. I love that he talks about leadership is owning your failure. Failure is the best teacher. You know, all of those things. I was making a PowerPoint for work today that was like all about leadership and like inspiring. And I used like I literally made a whole slide about Yoda and like was like, I'm going to go geeky on this one. Um, you know, and there's like a whole YouTube video that's like about failure and it's like all narrated by Yoda and it's like eight Mm -hmm. minutes. It's so long, but it's really good. Um, so I love that. Obviously he, you know, in all reality should probably be higher on my list, but it was really difficult to rank people, but he trained Jedi for over 800 years, which is just like crazy to try to fathom that. Um, how about like, he probably went to Dagobah, like we were saying and meditated on the force for 100 years, like literally how, like, I just, how do you have that sheer will to just go do it? You know I mean? Like he doesn't have TikTok to distract him like we do, but (laughs) still, like, that's crazy. Just, he's a legendary Jedi master just played integral roles in the clone wars, small in size, but wise and powerful. Um, obviously, you know, his midi chlorians are, you know, off the charts for his own scale, off the scale. Exactly. But (laughs) just, you know, that that's, you know, the traditional way that you would gauge somebody's force potential, but you can just see the way that he wields it, not only in battle when it's necessary, but the way that he uses that to teach other people to do the same. I mean, that was that was good. I was kind of surprised he was on uh, your list as far as top five. I, I thought he would make a top ten, but I'm, you know, oh, no. that was that was very good. I've been obsessed with him for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> and now we've got little baby. And Yoda now we that have you get little to be baby even Yoda more that I have with. on my bed right here next to me. <laughs> All right, moving on to number three um, is one of uh, Wyatt's favorite characters, Luke Skywalker. Oh, no. oh, no. <laughs> oh my God, Luke is your number three? Uh, for Again, in a rotating okay. top five. Right now, I'm he's so number surprised. three. Wow, okay. Um, so not to belabor a point, um, which the point was, um, I think he was your friend, Michael Gardner, on the episode eight pod which I unfortunately was not a part of. And I really wish I was because he had some excellent points. I hope I get to do, please. I hope I get to do one with him. Um, So just like in, in Canon in legends, he had a a Jedi order. It was, it was much bigger. Um, But in, in, in legends and Canon, he saw the good in his father, whom Yoda didn't even see the good in him. He said, Hey, you have to face your father and you have to kill him. And he's like, I can't kill my own father. And then he and Ben were like, well, then the emperor already won. You know, you have to beat him or you're not a Jedi Knight. And I'm like, right. well, killing somebody's never been a requirement to make you a Jedi Knight. <laughs> why, why are you doing that now? Um, so they they just, they thought he was beyond all hope and they thought it was the only way. He was able to have enough hope and be strong enough in the force to see that that wasn't true. Mm-hmm the amount of maturity that he gains in the six months between episode five and six is like 
tenfold as much he gets between four and five. You know, right. between four and five, he's still overconfident. He's still not listening to things. He's still right. only using the force kind of as a weapon rather mm-hmm. than something that you can just use as a tool Channel for everything. For exactly. Things. Yeah. Um, then 20 something years later, when he senses the dark side in his nephew, he's like, holy crap, this is my fault. I've just created another Darth Vader. And like he said in the movie, in the briefest moment of pure instinct, he was about to kill him. And then he said it just subsided as quickly. Everyone's like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. like a fleeting shadow, yeah. Yeah, people are like, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. He's so hopeful, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, but is it his father was one of the most notorious mass murderers in the galaxy? Like, Right, and also, like, have you ever, like, spanked your dog and then immediately regretted it? Yes. <laughs> like, I know it's not the same. You're not murdering someone. <laughs> right. But he, like, he, he also trained this person. Yeah. So he's like, holy crap, this is my fault. So to, to, to agree with Michael Gardner, I can totally understand why he would run away, especially when both of his mentors did the same thing, just because he was like, crap, I, I just screwed over the galaxy again. We're Big supposed facts. to be the Jedi. We're supposed to be helping the galaxy. So, um, so yeah, um, he sees the good in, in people like in legends, he meets a character called Mara Jade, who eventually becomes his wife. She is this redhead assassin who starts off her storyline wanting to kill him because she used to be the emperor's right hand. Oh, that's right hand. the most beautiful love story I've ever heard right there. <laughs> and then they have to work together and she hates every second of it. And he's just trying to be a good person. Where have I heard her. this story before? Two people hating each other and falling in love. Everywhere. <laughs> His sister. Uh, well, no, way more than that. Um, so. No, I so, mean like Leia and Han hated no, each other. No, no, this was way worse. <laughs> She wasn't trying to kill him on a minute. Sure. Basis. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> but yeah, so he he just keeps up and doesn't doesn't give up. And eventually they become friends and then eventually they fall in love and get married. So, yeah, he's just a hopeful character. Um, we get to see him OP finally um, yes. in canon in uh, one of Wyatt's favorite episodes of The Mandalorian season two. These are all sarcastic comments. <laughs> We've been over this. Yes, we have. Um, so yeah, so as of right now, um, for the purposes of this pod, yeah, number three. Wow. Can I go next? You sure can. <laughs> um, cause I have his sister. <laughs> I put Leia as my number three, <laughs> which was like so hard to put Leia over Yoda because I was like, uh, is she really more powerful than Yoda? Like in force ability? I don't know. That's for the internet to tell me I'm wrong. Um, but I think like what's very interesting is she was shaped by his teachings, even though she wasn't his student. Um, obviously we talked about her being a very capable leader, leading the rebel Alliance and the resistance against the empire and the first order, you know, handles strong personalities like her husband or separated husband, whichever we want to call it. Um, Poe and other strong personalities with this grace and also this force, you know, get your head out of your cockpit. Um, (laughs) For sure. She's a master strategist, just like has always has a plan or can come up with a plan. And that's something I admire and like something I relate to. And I feel like no matter what life can throw you, like as long as you can make a plan and like just move forward, take the first step that you can handle anything that comes your way. So I think that's a great lesson to learn from her. Um, she's very tactful with politics and obviously she gets that from her birth mother um, and her, you know, adoptive father. Mm-hmm. She is a freaking gunslinger. Like we can just say that, like she handles a blaster like nobody's business and can wield a lightsaber like just fine. Um, and she can do it in a dress. Um, or she could do it scantily clad in Jabba's hut, in Jabba's palace, right? Uh, just saying. So that, and she was a freaking spy for the Rebel Alliance, basically as a child. Like, I don't know how old what she was really supposed to be in the OT, but she was like a baby. Uh, 19 and, was yeah, how old her and Luke were. 19. And just like, like you were saying earlier, Andrew, not to repeat a lot of what you said, again but that she stood up to vader like was like oh yeah like a bamf yeah let's take it let's go 
And same thing with Tarkin, like you mentioned, um, resisted Vader to save her people, like did all that she could to resist the probe droid and everything else. Mm -hmm. And like ends up handling Vader and helps to bring the destruction of the Death Star. Like, come on, mm. huge, huge, huge hero in so many instances, um, you know, least of all, like her biggest sacrifice getting through to Ben to help Ben help Ray overthrow Palpatine, right? So mm -hmm. just so many things, all the feels, I'm gonna stop. <laughs> no, no, it's good, it's good stuff. So my list is not like a list as where it's based on force ability or like greatest, more most powerful right. top five. Mine is more like my top five in who I think are the best and better characters and story arcs and all that. Mm. So with that being said, my number three is Mace Windu from Clone Wars. Oh, there we go. specific. Specific. As it, I'm much, sure it helps that he's in a Jar Jar Binks plot in the in the Clone Wars show. I'm sure that helped your factoring a lot. <laughs> as much as I absolutely love Samuel Jackson playing him live action, mm. I really think the Mace Windu in a cartoon has better character arc, leadership, a better fighter. Agreed. Um, so Windu is a lead in several story arcs, including taking part in the liberation of Ryloth, having to deal with Boba Fett's attempts of, at revenge of, for the death of his, of his father, trying to recover a Jedi holocron stolen, from, stolen by Cad Bane along, alongside Obi-Wan, and rescuing the captured queen of Botata. Bordata, I think. From a cult led by Mother Towson with help of Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> Told you. So that right there, granted, we get all that in seven or eight seasons of a cartoon. Mm -hmm. But that to me is why he's number three, because he, he shows himself as such a leader and such... I give him kind of Kylo Ren vibes, meaning he's a frontline leader. Mm -hmm. He's not one to kind of stand back at the back of the battlefield and direct to see where it's going to go. He's going to lead his men mm -hmm. and his and his clones to do what has to be done to stop the bad guy or whatever they're they're doing. I agree with that. So since he's your favorite, you want a cool um, fact about one of his force gifts? Always. So, like, a lot of Jedi have, like, specific Force gifts, and some of them will have the same ones as others, but sometimes it'll be different. His is called Shatterpoint. So he can, through the Force, find somebody's weaknesses and, and exploit them. What? Like, whether it's, like, a physical one or, what? like, how somebody, like, what makes them tick. Your thoughts dwell on your mother. So, <laughs> yeah. So I yeah that I that helps him a lot in his combat and also like can you just imagine Mace Windu being like yo mama's so fat and just like, <laughs> Anakin tries to beat the crap out of him. I can't. I'm sorry. That's an awesome choice, Wyatt. I'm sorry. Oh, uh, these are these are really good, guys. This is really fun. For sure. All right. It's guess it's time to get over the hump to our number two. And just like Andrew already stole another one from my list, my number two is Luke Skywalker. Why it's getting a double dose. <laughs> a double dose of Skywalker, baby. <laughs> um, yeah, so obviously he rose from humble beginnings to become one of the greatest Jedi the world has ever known, the galaxy's ever known, the canon has ever known, all of it. Um, I think that's what makes his story so interesting. And I talked about this on some previous pods that he is just a regular guy or seems to be a regular guy. He's not handsome and comedic and suave and charismatic like Han. He's shorter and probably arguably skinnier and not as muscular and not as strong, but he possesses those traits that every good hero story has. He has a quest where he needs to go out and seek adventure. And he's got this call to action to destroy the empire he has special abilities, many of them, of course, you know, being force sensitive, lives in this mythical place of Tatooine and has a comeback moment when he convinces his dad to join him on the good side and convinces him he's still good and they're still good in him. 
Um, so I think just like so many instances of that whole family and specifically with Luke's sacrifice, where whether it's like with, um, you know, Kylo coming back to being Ben, you know, obviously like channeling that whole force projection moment was just incredible. Mm -hmm. You can say what you want about Luke being this depressed old grumpy man, but that moment is just like, you can't top that is incredible. And then somehow they do top it. Like you said already with the Mandalorian hallway <laughs> scene, which was just insane. Like so good. Why it's like, please move on. Um, one other moment that I'll mention that is like so full circle and OP, but, but like nonchalantly, but is more like emotional is when he lifts the X-wing on, um, Dagobah? Octo. No, on oh. Octo. Oh, for, oh, he doesn't, yeah, over Ray, right? Because he doesn't do it on Dagobah. Yoda does it. Mm -hmm. um, I was like circle. crying so hard and then he lifted it. I was like, oh my God, I'm not okay. Like <laughs> forgot it was a thing, you know what I mean? And we just rewatched the other one and I was like, no. <laughs> so I just think that's that's great. And just as a character, he's such a relatable person. You know, like I said, because he's an everyday guy, but also like, He's just so down to earth and funny, like the sacred text. <laughs> and like, <laughs> I love the memes for that. I wish I was on your episode eight pod because there was yeah. one where it was a sacred text and it was like, when your mom throws away your Lego manuals. <laughs> <laughs> <The sacred laughs> text. Mine would be like throwing away the macaroni and cheese box too early with the directions on it. The sacred text. <laughs> why, why is that me also? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it might be all three of us. Why you like mac and cheese, right? <laughs> I'm married to my talent. She makes it homemade. Oh, yeah, she excuse does. me. You don't need a box with directions. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, he's got such a pure heart and it shows, you know, in everything that he does, his passion and his power comes from this place of wanting to be a part of something bigger than himself, but also not in it for like the notoriety or the celebrity or money or status. Like he's just wanting to do it because he likes being a good guy and he wants the good side to win. Hmm. So Luke is my number two. Okay. Um, I can't change your opinion no matter how, why it's how like, hard I try. Thank God it's over. Thank God. No, Spoiler alert, Wyatt has Luke at number one. <laughs> that would be a plot twist. That I need to change would my notes. the plot twist of the year. I'd probably pee uh, myself. So <laughs> my number two, and this is hard finding information on him, but Qui-Gon. Ooh. That's my number two. Oh, oh my gosh. Okay, so then you can help me out with this. So... We only, get him, this one? <laughs> we only get him live action, obviously, in Phantom Menace before his untimely demise. Right. Um, but doing some research, he has hella appearances in the books versus the mm -hmm. movie that he was in. You uh, ju Just to name a few, The Rising Force, The Dark Rival, Legacy of the Jedi, Secrets of the Jedi, and Cloak of Deception. All of these I have not um, listened to or read. I don't think yes. I've read any of those either. I might have read one of them as a kid, but not any of those recently. No. Um, Qui-Gon, and I'm sure Andrew and Alyssa will probably agree, he's he's a leader among leaders. Um, I was also reading that he, although he wasn't on the council, he wanted to be. I mean, um, our, for, for, for what we've seen of his actions in the movie, it seems like he wants no part of it. He literally just goes to them and tells them, hey, I'm doing this. By the way, I don't care if you agree or not, but I'm I'm gonna train this kid as well as Obi Wan. Yeah, so, he doesn't seem yeah. like he's he's all about it. Kind of. Um, they they talk about this a lot in one of the books I did listen to with Qui Gon. It was called Master and Apprentice. It took place several years before Episode One. Him and Obi Wan are still not connecting, and so in that book, they the one of the Jedi Masters was stepping down from the Council, and they offered it to him. And he was considering it. Obviously, we know he's the maverick. He's the rogue. He wants nothing to do with the council. But he's like, well, if I'm on the council, you know, eventually I can make them maybe see that they're catering too much to the politicians and not actually 
living out the will of the force or just doing the right thing. He's always like, as much as I don't want to be on there, it might work out for the best. But then he was just like, well, I can't do that to Obi-Wan because I can't, um, I can't join the council um, with an apprentice. I think there was some kind of rule where there was like a little while. So, but he was just I like, mean, that would make sense. I feel like that's got to take up a lot of your time, but also a lot of your freaking energy. Yes. A lot of admin work. Well, especially when yeah. you're just getting started. So right. he didn't want to split focus because like it's already not working out very well between me and Obi-Wan and that might be my fault. And then when he said that, he was just like, well, maybe this would work out because, you know, if it's me and that's why we're not connecting because like at the time, like Obi-Wan had a lot of potential, but it was just like, they were like, he's supposed to be like way better than he is right now. Be, like, because he was passing all the tests way better than anyone his age. But it just like it it wasn't happening in like real life. So they were like, what's going on? So Qui-Gon's like, maybe another master could help him far better than I could. So so to answer your question, he kind of wanted to be on it, but kind of didn't. And he ends up he ends up turning them down um, wow. for Obi-Wan's sake. So he's like, you know what? I started this. We've already been doing this for years. I know I can change. I know he and I can work together. Um, so... So I, yeah. So to answer, to answer that part of it. Um, but what else did you have for him? That, that's all I got for him. Okay. Like I said, I, there was, there, I, I couldn't find a terrible amount of information and, and I didn't really trust most of my sources. So I was, right. I was very, I was very picky with what I grabbed. Right. Um, well, that's fine. I have, I just have a little bit more. Um, he's, he was really good. Like I just said, at acknowledging his limitations you know, saying, hey, maybe this is my fault. It's not working out between me and Obi-Wan. Yeah, basically, he just wasn't a fan of how political the council was and not like, oh, they cater. And, and me, both. Well, just they would cater too much to what the politicians say and wouldn't care what the actual real white right thing to do is. They're just like, oh, well, we can't do that. They said no. It's like, but these are people's rights here. Like, what's going on? So he, he and I loved how calm he was at all times. Like even in combat, he had this like air yes. of calm around yep. him. Yep. So, and, and like we've duck. talked about a thousand Anakin times, duck. <laughs> like we've talked about a thousand times, he, he followed the will of the force, not mm-hmm. to belabor that point a billionth time, but he does. Yeah. And it's awesome. Very cool. Moving on to our last point. But before we go there, a word from our sponsor. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> right after the Lucas, break. Lucas, please sponsor us. <laughs> like we have sponsors? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> so our last one, you guys are going to be surprised. I know you are we? think. Are we? You are. Well, that's, you I'm are assuming it's not be, Jar Jar. It's not Jar Jar. So I'm not, yeah. Mm. It's not I Jar Jar. As easy and as... Uh, Predictable as that might be, mine is R two D two. Oh my god! As your number oh. one hero number one. over a chopper, huh? Yes. <laughs> I am speechless. Can Who we just can we side note really quick? I had a meeting with an external client today, and I have this lovely mural of the Death Star behind me that I hand painted. Which, like, if you're a Star Wars fan, you clearly know that's not R2-D2. And she said, oh, my God, I love your R2-D2. And I just looked behind me and I was like, my R2's over there. She can't see it. And I was like, oh, she means the painting. At a side glance, I guess I could see it. It's round and it's got the eye. It looks like the top of R2-D2's head, maybe. It does. It's the same color, but it's not blue. Right. So... Good try. And why would you have just his head above the bed? Yeah, Maybe the that, rest of it's behind. I don't know. Yeah, just anyway, I just thought that was funny and I would share. So R2 Maybe she is could your only number afford the one. Yes, R2 is my number one uh, for a couple of reasons. He is one of one of two main characters that we get all the way from the beginning to the end. True. Um, a lot of people see him as the narrator of Star mm-hmm. Wars. And... <laughs> And I totally agree. He, he, him and C3PO are the narrators. They're the comedy duo that's, that's telling a, the story of Star Wars. That's a really interesting perspective. I like that thought. For that sure. He's the narrator. Um, and just a list of people that he's friended. So his friend is C3PO, Padme, Anakin, Leia, Luke, 
Obi-Wan, BB-8, Ray, and Dio. Oh, little Dio, yeah. It was cute. By the way, my notes kind of highlighted Dio. It literally looks like DQ. Oh my God, that's hilarious. <laughs> you forgot a big one that he's friends with. Oh. Little baby Yoda. Uh, he apparently knows out of nowhere. Yeah. By the way. From the temple. Duh. Um, <laughs> you know, as much as we, we as humans can't understand binary, obviously he gets translated through a couple different people. So it's kind of fun to see how people communicate with him and work with him. Obviously he's, I think he's more of Anakin's kind of a sidekick, especially when flying, you know, and mm. um, R2 is always, he's a droid inside the X-Wing with him, always, always fixing stuff and fighting off buzz droids. Um, but I mean, he's the one that has the secret map to or the, the, the rest of the map oh, to, Luke. to Luke Skywalker. <laughs> yeah. Um, that he just, happened to power up at the right point in the movie and be oh hey by the way guys <laughs> hey hey he was tired hey. after several decades of fighting um he does the, save oh, their butts more than anyone he does multiple times multiple butts in multiple situations are to activate this elevator are to fly over here are to light these droids on fire are <laughs> to stay with the ship are to stay with the ship yeah and like from the narrator's perspective, like why he doesn't want to leave um, the ship later on when he's told to leave is because the last time he was told to leave or stay on the ship was when mm-hmm. Anakin died, quote unquote, yeah. died. And then um, like the fact that he was there when Padme died and when Luke and Leia were born and when Luke and Leia died. He's like, oh my God, he's seen everything. Literally. He, he, he's, he's seen, seen it all. I mean, he saw the birth and the death of Luke and Leia. Mm-hmm. No yeah. other character can say that unless you have Force Obi-Wan kind of just hanging out and watching. Yeah. Obi-Wan, I guess, was technically there for the birth. Hello there. But not the- <laughs> hello there. That's what hello he there. says when Luke becomes a Force ghost. Hello there. <laughs> <laughs> General <I> Kenobi. <laughs> All righty. Here we go. So for the purposes of this one, and again, it's a rotating one, but for right now, surprising no one, my favorite is Kane and Jarrus. Oh! I bet you guys are surprised Plo Koon didn't make it on this one. I'm a little surprised. (laughs) I I had a feeling Alyssa was going to say something. But so like my brother talked about, I think on the Rebels pod that we had, um, the book A New Dawn is about him and Hera, and Hera does not like him at first. Cause he's like basically a drunk a-hole. Um, so in the span of 10 years, he goes from that, you know, being that derelict of a person cut off from the force to the force, literally knighting him in the form of the grand inquisitor back when he was a temple guard. So the force is like, all right, we so powerfully want this. Every time we are you going say to manifest temple guard, it. I just think of legends of the hidden temple. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anybody else? The purple monkeys or whatever? Yeah, I can't. Nice, nice. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah. You just, his no, train is derailed. His train. <laughs> no, I, I like our little squirrel moments because, like, there are many. Oh yeah, I mean that's how I I blame converse with people anyway. Other things for that. <clears throat> White claw. I blame um, liquid courage. <laughs> so, so he goes from that to literally being a Jedi Knight and training a very powerful apprentice. And one, he gets all the cool quotes, as I quoted him at the beginning of this podcast. Um, and he says things like, all paths are coming together. And you're like, oh, what does that mean? You know, <laughs> everything is like so cool when he says it. And all will be revealed. <laughs> so he goes from not a care in the galaxy to that speech he gave Bendu to literally caring so much about someone or something that he was ready at a moment's notice to sacrifice himself for something greater. Yeah. And that left such a powerful impression on his Padawan that his Padawan was able to do that. And then the yes. two of them sacrificing themselves literally had ripple effects that helped Luke bring balance to the force. Yeah. Because like if the rebel Alliance didn't succeed, Luke would have never been in a position to confront Vader and the emperor and bring balance to the force. Yeah. So, sure. and again, belaboring a point a billionth and one time, he literally gives himself over to the force. I think like the last episode we see him, he's meditating and you can hear voices like his and Ezra's from the past and then the future that hasn't even happened yet. 
So you hear a couple of quotes that happen later in the episode and in the next episode. So he's literally following the will of the force so much and relying on it so much that it's time is literally like flowing through him. And that's that's awesome. No, did we get his voice at the end of Roger Skywalker? I think so. Let me look it up. If someone else wants to, I think we did. Kanan's, we, I think we totally did. I'll look it up while someone else gives their top one. Oh, before you go, Alyssa, I kind of want to guess yours because I think I'm torn between two different people. I feel like you guys are going to be surprised, but we'll see. Then I'm second guessing myself. Uh, Maybe, maybe not. Maybe you're, maybe you're on track. I'll let you guess. I'm going either a Ray or Padme. Okay. Andrew, would you like to submit your guess? Um, Which means I'm wrong. Wow. Um, I don't know because I expected to hear <laughs> Ray and Padme already. <laughs> um, so I, I honestly have no idea. Um, um, let's because see. Because I'm says, a girl? No, yes. because they're awesome characters. <laughs> Wyatt says yes, yes. and Andrew says no. No, because they're awesome characters, and B, because you support females. So, real quick, before you get into yours, the Kanan Jarrus quote is, in the heart of a Jedi lies their strength. Yes. So. Oh, so good. So, we did get one in Rise of Skywalker. Okay. See, he, all, he gets all the good ones, even in death. Anyway, go ahead. What's your guess? Uh, um, I don't, uh, is it Baby Yoda? I don't know. No. <laughs> I didn't think so. I don't know. No, my number one is Anakin Skywalker. Really? Awesome. <laughs> Why it is so mad that I picked three Skywalkers. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm Andrew John and Contrero, and I support this choice. And I support this message. So, Anakin what? is actually the epitome of a hero. Okay? <laughs> He's a good guy. <laughs> Why it's dying. By definition. Are you an angel? I feel my hair going gray. Why it's literally he, aging right now. He was literally pure and empathetic, kind, very fiercely loyal, very passionate about justice and bringing people to justice, and always very bothered by bad people, whether it's when he was enslaved or when. People should be made to do things, you know. <laughs> um, he was a teacher. Mm. He was a husband. He was a father. He had good intentions. And he ultimately was the chosen one and brought balance to the force. And I love that you guys thought I was going to say Ray because She's definitely in my top 10. I don't know where I would exactly put her, but obviously she's a character I totally relate to and totally love, but I had a really hard time putting her up high because she's a newer character to love, first of all. And then the second thing is, while she did bring balance to the force yet again, her actions were really to maintain the balance that was originally brought by Anakin. Mm. She was just maintaining the balance that had already happened because that's the thing about balancing something. It's not something that's like forever going to be even, right? You have to continue to put effort into it. For those as I'm literally trying see. to balance a pen on my fingers right now. <laughs> She's trying to look like Thanos and it's not working. <laughs> But I'm saying, you know, like it's you can't bring balance to the force one time and expect it to stay that way forever, especially when your franchise is called Star Wars, not Star Peace. Like I said, there's some wars in those stars. (laughs) There's wars in them stars. So that's really my thought there is he made the ultimate sacrifice and he, first of all, was the first person to defeat Palpatine true in in quotes um (laughs) he also I feel like only did all of the bad things he did 
because he was manipulated to do them because he was such a pure of heart person. It, it can be very easy when you're a people pleaser and you want to make everyone happy and you want there to be justice and balance to get easily manipulated to thinking, well, oh, if I do these things, this will be for the good of other people. And, and you're, it's a slippery a slope where spiral. you were exactly. tricked, right? Good people with good intentions can be tricked very easily. So, and he was young and that's like a whole nother thing, but right. yeah, um, I could definitely talk about it longer, but I feel like Wyatt is sick of me saying the word Skywalker. So that's my answer. Anakin Skywalker. Not to mention, she thinks he's ridiculously attractive. And he's ridiculously handsome. And but, her name on Zoom is Skywalker. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree with your away. points. Um, in general, Anakin is in my top five or at least top 10 generally as well for all of those reasons. Maybe for less so. Yes, maybe less so for the attractive part, as handsome as he is. I would, um, so. <laughs> but <laughs> um, yeah, no, that was that was a really good point. Wyatt, what do you have to say about that? No, so, okay. I need to clarify a couple things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Anakin is my least hated skywalker okay least so, hated is like glad saying, you clarified that for us i could have told you that. it's like no, i mean it's I think, like being the tallest short person like it doesn't no, like, mean I, anything i appreciate what star wars has shown us as far as the skywalker storyline mm-hmm. i really do because mm-hmm. if it wasn't for the skywalkers we wouldn't have what we have now right um you know, we talked in earlier pods, or early, early pods about, you know, like his teenage angst and, you know, basically we're watching him go through puberty and learning, you know, how to talk to women or how to try to talk to women, but still be this, you know, this general of this grand, grand army. Um, I, I probably agree with Andrew as far as he, if I had, if we had a top 10, he'd probably be a top 10 for me. Um, because we grew up as he was growing up too. Yeah. So we in our generation recognized more to him than I I say we would we would Luke. Possibly, mm-hmm. so, well, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I, I love how they portrayed him in Clone Wars, since I didn't say that enough during the Clone Wars pod. Sure. Um, <laughs> but like literally everything you said about him being a good person was portrayed in the Clone Wars exactly. show. Exactly. Exactly. So. And that brotherhood between him and Obi-Wan, like you always like to say, the the one chummy elevator scene has more context. Yeah, right. Right, and everybody who I know who hasn't seen clones who pick who picks on Anakin, I'm like, you need to watch clones. Right. Just stomach through the first two seasons. They all they do is give context. Mm-hmm. Once you but get like, past the fact that he's so jealous, <laughs> like when Padme's being hit on, like it's just so sweet and innocent, and you're just mm-hmm. like, and it's real. Like he could oh, literally yeah. murder this person, and he's just like. Why do you gotta talk to this person? What's going on? Why are you still friends with this guy? Whatever, you know, and like yeah, a regular dude. Especially the episode when Obi Wan goes undercover mm-hmm. and shaves his so padding. good. Yeah. Oh, I need to watch it again. And you're watching Anakin deal with it because obviously he's not briefed on what's going on because he mm-hmm. can't be briefed because he might blow his cover. Yep. Um, you know, like I said, everyone who hasn't seen clones if you listen to this pod please 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 go back and watch clones pay the seven dollars a month and go watch so much to episode three alone and so much a lot of these characters that we talk about with bo-katan ahsoka they all they all started for us in clones and especially with mandalorian we get ahsoka and bo-katan so if you're wondering how their story arc started and how how we're referring to them please please go back and watch them Yes, I said stomach through the first couple of seasons, but after, but once season three starts, you cannot stop watching. You can probably binge it in a month easily. My buddy oh, Sean said less. he's never watched Rebels or Clones. He's like, but I've been listening to your pod, and I need to watch them. I'm like, yes. great, we converted Dude. you. <laughs> yeah, like literally, the only reason why I watched Clones was because of a podcast I was listening to because they talked about it, and I'm like, crap, these guys have such good content. I don't want to miss what they talked about. So I literally watched it and then we started talking about it <laughs> mm-hmm. like oh i know what we're talking about i can I, yes. I can feel included all i have to say is for my ally is the force and a powerful ally it is 
And I'm happy you guys are my allies too. Happy May the 4th be with you. Aw, happy yes. May the 4th. <laughs> Stay tuned for a little surprise before the end of our first season of Spectre Radio. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode. In the meantime, check us out on Instagram at Spectre underscore radio and on Facebook as Spectre Radio. Be sure to submit your questions via social media for a chance to hear us answer them on our upcoming segment, Consult the Council. This is Spectre Radio, signing off. Bye.